BAM Radio Network. So many teachers went through a learning curve of how do I shift instruction when I'm not used mm. to doing things virtually or hybrid or their inefficacy has hit that the student needs might be different than before or socially and emotionally students are lagging just as much as academically. I really like to remind a lot of teachers that their impact and their influence is greater than they will ever actually realize. It's greater than what they'll see on a test score. They are doing really important work. And so we don't need to feel like we have to grade every single paper that comes our way. Welcome to ASCD Connect, supporting your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host. As we head into the tail end of another difficult school year, we're hearing more and more reports of educators' stress and burnout and possible large increases in attrition. What can be done to better support teachers and make the profession more sustainable? This may be one of the most important questions in K-12 education today. I'm Anthony Rabora, the Editor-in-Chief of ASCD's Educational Leadership. Joining me to discuss possible solutions to this crisis in education is Chase Milkey, a district instructional coach who is the author of The Burnout Cure, Learning to Love Teaching Again, and a new quick reference guide from ASCD on overcoming educator burnout. He also writes regularly for educational leadership. Thank you for joining us, Chase. Nice to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on for this very critical topic that a lot of schools are dealing with. Yes, it is. So, And you're somebody who's been studying burnout since before the pandemic and ways to address it. So what are you seeing that's different this school year? Is it more pervasive? Is it manifesting in different ways? It definitely seems to be way more pervasive. I think everyone was kind of surprised with just the intensity of burnout around staff. I think a lot of people came into the most recent school year on the tail end potentially of the pandemic thinking like, we're gonna get back to normal, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And then just the, the stress and the workload and just the shifting demographics and challenges that a lot of teachers were facing, um, I think just really illuminated or highlighted some of the undercurrents that teachers were struggling with, with exhaustion and feeling cynicism and feeling a disconnect with their skill set. So it definitely seems to be much more intense and much more pervasive than previously. And those are key symptoms of burnout. So in your article, upcoming article on educational leadership, it'll be out this summer, you say that educator leaders in schools in general have tended to misunderstand burnout in the past by emphasizing character over context. What do you mean by that? I would also put myself in that category of so much of my experience was if someone's burning out, it's because they lack skills. They, they need more self-care. They need more strategies. And much of my work has been showing that research-based evidence that certain strategies and evidence-based practices can really help us with getting more of our stress resilience built up or developing more positive relationships. But that conversation misses the context that is really increasing the burnout. So much of what goes into burnout has to do with the conditions of the work environment. And when we put all the pressure on teachers to solve it, um, it almost kind of creates this double pressure of they're burning out because of things often beyond their control or often happening to them. And now we're telling them, hey, you need to fix this. And so I think unfortunately myself and a lot of school leaders have fallen into this trap where we think we're doing something really supportive by giving people more self-care and more emphasis when really what they're craving is a shift in working conditions and opportunities. That's really interesting. So what would you say are some of the leading contextual or systemic causes of burnout you're seeing this year? What are yeah. the things that are really wearing teachers down? The core research, and this is something that has been established for decades, is that burnout dimensions are threefold. There's the initial emotional exhaustion. So we can equate that to 
stress where my workload is not lining up with my work resources. I mm -hmm. either have more tasks than time to do them, or it's just hard to fit everything in my time or my ability. The second dimension is cynicism, which often starts as a depersonalization. And uh, cynicism is largely a defense mechanism. It is, I have lost trust, or I've had damaged relationships, or I haven't had this psychological contract fulfilled where you told me I wouldn't have this workload and now I have this extra workload. And then the third dimension is inefficacy, where I feel like my current ability or skill set can't reach the outcomes. And what I've noticed over the past couple of years is that these have been really pronounced, that so many teachers went through a learning curve of how do I shift instruction when I'm not used mm -hmm. to doing things virtually or hybrid, or their inefficacy has hit that the student needs might be different than before, or socially and emotionally students are lagging just as much as academically. So now I'm having to work extra hard and I don't have the ability or, or practice to do so. And then the cynicism or depersonalization piece of what I thought education was isn't how it is currently, or I haven't been able to actually see my students in person for a long time. And so I'm losing that human element. So what sort of things were already in that undertone of burnout mm -hmm. were just really highlighted or exacerbated over the shift through the pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic teaching world. That's a really good way of putting it. So, I mean, the problem here is that to address these cultural issues, you know, school leaders, school district, school and district leaders really need to take some action, but they're under a lot of stress right now right. too. I mean, there's some burnout in that uh, level too. So what's your advice to leaders on pausing and gaining perspective on what needs to be done to better support teachers? There are definitely some go-to strategies that don't involve a whole lot of extra time. They don't involve more resources. And from a school leader standpoint, can actually be a bit of offloading. So one of the most important things to do to help individuals is to give them more structured autonomy. So not just open autonomy, do what you want, because that can actually stress people out, um, but giving teachers more control over some of the choices that are made within a school district. So making choices around, well, how are we going to shift our curriculum? because we do have this shift in what students are capable of rather than a school leader taking all that brunt on their shoulders and trying to make those executive decisions shifting that over to the team or the teacher to be able to make those decisions um, professional development is another area where school leaders have a huge influence of rather than them dictating exactly what needs to happen with professional development what would it look like if teachers had a choice over exploring professional development and skills and strategies that they most need in the moment so interestingly, one of the things that can offload the workload of a school leader is exactly what a lot of teachers need to start to develop more of that connection, skill, and a sense of respect in the realm of education. Yeah, you talk a lot about that. Uh, I guess by, by respect, you're also talking about efficacy, a sense of efficacy. Yes, well, yes. Why is that so lacking for many teachers right now? And what are some steps, you know, specific steps schools could do to bolster it? For most of the teachers I work with, both within my district in coaching and traveling, you take a typical like ninth grade teacher, they had a, a sense of what a ninth grade student was like the past few years. But mm. then once the pandemic shifted, they have students who are coming in academically, they might be further behind than what they're used to. Socially, emotionally, because of the pandemic and the distancing that happened, they're on a whole different level. Honestly, I think a lot of students are dealing with the same level of burnout that teachers are, but that's, that's a topic for another another podcast another day. And so yeah. a teacher is now placed in a situation of, you know, you might have had 10, 15 years of experience and those skills, those strategies, those techniques you might have used previously aren't 
matching what the students need. As a school leader, rather than trying to d dictate what DPPD looks like or professional development, what would it look like if I gave my departments or my grade levels a chance to just chat together about strategies, what's working, what's not? What if I allowed them a chance to observe each other in the classroom? Or what if I leveraged video where teachers can record themselves and be able to reflect? And that's a part of their professional development. It's not extra added onto their plate. But now they're getting actual feedback and they're having those rich conversations around instruction that previously they just didn't have time to do. I think that's a space where, again, we can make some pretty minor changes that have a major impact on burnout and the power of the work that we do. So we're talking towards the end of the 2021-22 school year right now. Yeah. So what's your advice to educate, you know, as an instructional coach, what are you telling them, you know, if they're feeling worn down, which is probably all of them, I mean, what's your <laughs> advice for them and what they should do, you know, this summer to prepare for next year, apart from taking some time to decompress, what are, what should they be thinking about or doing? I think my advice for a lot of teachers is yes, definitely get some actual time to decompress, some time to reflect. But then as we're looking into the next year, it's really important to identify what are the systems, what are the practices that can allow me to be effective and efficient within my work. So I really like to remind a lot of teachers that their impact and their influence is greater than they will ever actually realize. It's greater than what they'll see on a test score. They are doing really important work. And so we don't need to feel like we have to grade every single paper that comes our way or do every single little detail of a lesson plan that oftentimes work smarter, not harder. If we can identify some systems of quick feedback for students while freeing us up some time, we can still have the same impact that we've had previously while allowing ourselves more time to just reflect, decompress, and be humans. I think that's really helpful, Chase. So thank you for joining us and sharing your expertise and insights. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And thanks to all our listeners for streaming and downloading this episode. For more on Chase Milkey's book and quick reference guide on overcoming educator burnout, go to www.ascd.org slash books. If you like the ASD Connect podcast, you'll enjoy listening to ISTE's Learning Unleashed with Carl Hooker. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to ASCD Connect, supporting your journey as a life-changing educator. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.